Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah, good morning, everyone. Welcome along to the show. It is Friday morning. It is the 24th of March, 2023. Made it to yet another weekend, or very close to the weekend. Anyway, Daniel Pedgrew in the chair for the course of the next hour, broadcasting through SEN 1170 AM in Sydney, SENQ 693 AM in Queensland or Brisbane, and SEN 1620 AM on the Gold Coast. one 1170 our open line number. You can text anytime 0457 736736 all before Vossie and Brandy with the breakfast show coming up at 6am our Queensland listeners you'll get the first hour of that and then Patton Heels along at 6am local time 1300 01 1170 the open line number text 0457 736 736 we've got a very busy hour coming up between now and six o'clock we'll have a look back at last night's thriller in the NRL in just a second. Golden Point, Parramatta getting their first win. We'll talk about that in just a moment. Charlie Goodsir in a few minutes will join me in the studio and take a look at the rest of round four of the National Rugby League. Andrew Mensel from the Cricket Unfiltered podcast will join me in about 20 minutes as well. We'll wrap up uh, the summer of cricket. I know the Sheffield Shield final still going on, but uh, with the to India done and dusted, a bit of a quieter time in cricket before the World Test Championship at Ashes later on in the year. So we'll get Menna's take on everything that happened in India and the summer of cricket. And no EPL this weekend, but John Gallo will join me. The Socceroos in action for the first time since the Football World Cup later on tonight. And also I'm going to get his predictions on who is going to get relegated and who is going to be in that top four of the English Premier League when the season does wrap up in a couple of months' time. So a busy show. Let's get on with it. It's two past five in New South Wales, two past four in Queensland. The Hot Topic, thanks to Rheem. Built tough for Aussie conditions. When it comes to water heating, ask your plumber to install a ring. Built tough for Aussie conditions. Ask your plumber for Australia's favourite and install a ring. Well, what about the match last night? Penrith, thanks to a Nathan Cleary field goal, two-point field goal, got us to Golden Point at 16-all. But then within two minutes, Mitch Moses, who was announced just hours before the game, is staying with the Parramatta Eels until the end of 2028. More on that in just a second. Ice is the Eels' first win of the season with a field goal. If you did miss any of it, this is how you heard it last night on SEN. It comes away Moses to Brown. They're chasing through Cartwright. Cartwright, the former famous surname Panther. Well, he scores a try against the old firm at sat up, and he just casually cruised across the goal line in these greasy conditions. Jammed the ball down at Parramatta. Four points to nil with a kick to come. Oh, Dylan, oh yo, there goes to Sorensen. Here's Edwards. Edwards in support. Oh, Dylan Edwards. That's why he got the climb. He's everywhere, Dylan. He's had a terrific start to the match. And Penrith, just like that, it's a try apiece. It's about to be Parramatta 8 Panthers six, six minutes remaining. Here comes Cleary, 10 metres in from the eastern touchline to make it an eight-all scoreboard to tie things up at half-time. He moves in. 
Head down, strikes it, heading towards the post. And whatever you saw in the warm-up, it was replicated there straight over the dot. Half-time where Parramatta must feel gutted. They'd feel dominant, but it's eight all. It's eight all. Short side Moses, he finds, oh, offload. Got it away to Penasini. They scramble. Ball comes back in field at Parramatta. Well, this is young Brendan Hands. He's just come on the field, Brendan Hands, and scores a try in his debut game. You can't believe this. Brendan Hands, with his first touch in the National Rugby League, has scored a meat pie and a meat pie to take the lead against the Premiers. This is the last. Right hand side trailing by eight. Yo, still the last. Goes to Cleary. Now Hosking! Zach Hosking, the mule! The junior mule! He goes under the post. Parramatta are under the pump. 16 points to 12. It's about to be 16 14. Now it's game on. Here we go, Cleary. He goes for the two-point field goal. I Nathan Cleary, he's latched onto it. Cleary, Cleary, he has kicked one of the most remarkable two-point field freak. goals. Champion pressure. Some eat it, some get eaten by it. And Nathan Cleary was hungry. Oh, what about Gutherson's going, please miss, please miss. He actually caught it. But it went over the post. That was ridiculous. Unbelievable. I've got hairs on the back of my neck and on my arms. So can he get himself in position here? Moses is there now. Here's Moses now set for the kick. This is the last for Parramatta. They're 15 metres out. Ball goes back. Mitch Moses. Mitch Moses kicks it. Million dollar Moses. There's a million reasons why they've backed him in. And Parramatta now have their first win of the season. They had to go the long road. It was a long old road. It was a great kick from Cleary. But Moses has taken them to their first win against the team who gave them so much pain in the grand final. Parramatta 17, defeat the Panthers 16. Fantastic call from Joel Kane and the team last night out there at Combank Stadium. So Parramatta get their first much-needed win of the year, but they did it the hard way. Uh, eight all at half time, and then in the end, 17-16, golden point. I think what we have seen over the first month of footy is, and Vossi mentioned this a few times throughout the first month of footy, and I think he actually predicted golden point last night as well, is that I think it's a much more open competition this year. No doubt Penrith can still win it, but they've definitely come back a little bit uh, from, as you'd expect them to, to what they have been doing over the past few years. So what did you make of the game last night? Parramatta fans, are you happy with Mitch Moses staying until the end of 2028? That was finally announced last night, uh, just before the game, uh, which is good because I think I was saying yesterday, pretty big distraction, wasn't it, I reckon, um, for the Parramatta Reels. Um, and they played very well. And to be fair, as I said yesterday and I've said a few times, they haven't been that far away from any of their matches so far this year, only losing by four points in their first three matches and then uh, a good win against Penrith last night. 17-16 and extra time. Uh, what about that Nathan Cleary field goal? How cool did he look doing it, though, with that two-point field goal? You take out of last night's match your thoughts. Have Penrith come back to the field a little? And is that, well, it is an important win by Parramatta. Does that get them... Back on track for the season. They'll take on the Roosters next Thursday night at Allianz Stadium, which will be a huge game as well. And in terms of the Penrith Panthers, they will travel down to Canberra and play in the 6 p.m. Friday game next week against the Canberra Raiders. And as I say, Mitch Moses uh, signed with the Parramatta Eels until the end of 2028. He is expected to earn in the vicinity of $6 million.
Uh, the Parramatta Eels. So Parramatta fans, you happy this morning? If you're up and about early, if you're out at Combank last night, good night for Parramatta. Mitch Moses kicking the field goal, and he stays there for another four or five years until the end of 2028. That junior bowler might be in a bit of trouble, uh, though. That was Sinbin towards the end of that match. We'll see what happens at the judiciary. Your take on last night's match. Parramatta 17 over Penrith 16. 0457 736 736. Open line to have you say 1300 0111 70. And what are you most looking forward to? This weekend, of course, we've got the Broncos and the Dolphins tonight. The Socceroos in action tonight. The AFL Round 2 started uh, last night. We'll talk about that a little bit later on. Is there something else that I may have missed that's going to catch your eye across the weekend? What's going to be the headline? What are you most looking forward to across the next 48 or so hours of sport? 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 or anything else you want to talk about on this Friday morning. Bit of a Friday free-for-all this morning. All right, it's 9 past. Past five in New South Wales, nine past four in Queensland. So one game down in the NRL round four. Let us get the rest of the round four preview with this next man, Charlie Goodsir. Now on Tradies, the NRL preview. Yeah, time for our NRL preview round four of the National Rugby League. Of course, got underway last night with the grand final rematch, but still seven really intriguing games to go. Star of SEN Sydney, star of SENWA, star of just everything SEN basically is Charlie. Good, sir. I'll call you Charlie. Good morning. Good morning. That's very flattering. Thank you. Yes, uh, you did a wonderful job. Chucky. Now, uh, let us have a look at the remaining games of round four of the National Rugby League. Two really intriguing games tonight. First up, 6pm at Amy Park. The Melbourne Storm lost to the Bulldogs, lost to the Titans. They come up against the West Tigers, who, apart from a four-minute period last week, were just as bad, maybe worse than they were against the Newcastle Knights the week before. Storm, you'd think they'd be fired up. How do you see this one going, Charlie? Uh, you'd have to think the Storm, especially with Cam Munster being named and mm. coming back, um, you'd have to think that they'll be just good enough. I feel like their worst is still better than the Tigers' best at this point. You'd like to think so. You'd like to think so. That four minutes, uh, I think Avossi's touched on it mm. during the week, that it really just came out of nowhere. Mm. N- nothing led up to it. They weren't um, showing signs during the game. It, it really was just four minutes of madness and mm. then back to more crap. <laughs> um, and, yeah, the whole... Spine shake up. Adam Dewey has constantly said he doesn't like playing at fullback. He wants to play in the mm. halves. Brandon Wakeham's now uh, been named there. Charlie Staines to the wing. North Fulham had dropped. It, it just smacks of a side that is just, I don't know, cobbling together any sort of formula. They, they, they don't know their best team, basically. Mm. Um, so I'm going to go to the Storm. But I will say, it wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me if the Tigers win. I, I think if they're going to beat the Storm at any point, this is went to strike. So I, I'm tipping the Storm. And it's a big match for the Storm because after this, they've got, uh, I think it's South Sydney in Sydney uh, and then the Roosters, which is in Melbourne, followed by Manly in Sydney. So that's a really tough few weeks. So if they can't bank wins in these winnable games, then they would probably, before the season started, thought they'd beat the Titans and probably the Bulldogs as well. It's a huge game. I think the Storm will win as well. I'll be intrigued to see how the Tigers go though. Now, 8 o'clock tonight, Dolphins-Broncos, the first time they meet. Both teams undefeated so far in this year's competition. 
bit disappointing to see no Kafusi there uh, for this match. He's been one of, if not the Dolphins' best player in the opening few weeks of the competition. The Broncos, it was 18 all against the Dragons for a long period of time before they ran in those quick tries at the end of the game. I have to lean towards the Broncos. I think they'll be too good, but you just every time these days you well, you tip against the Dolphins, you just don't know what they're going to do. But I think the Broncos should have enough for them. Yeah, I often pick one of those crummy uh, 4 p.m. Sunday games as my game of the round. But, but, <laughs> yes, but this is do. game of the round. Like this is, um, yeah. I think the fact that top of the table clash yep. at Suncorp, it's going to be absolutely pumping. Uh, I'm going to go the Broncos. I just think because. Felice Kafusi is such a massive out. He's mm. out for a month now uh, after failing to get uh, that uh, judiciary charge overturned. I yeah, I, I just think the Broncos are such an attacking powerhouse at the moment. They mm. can put tries on really quickly, like we saw against the Dragons. Um, we saw that against the Cowboys as well. They can really get a run on. But but I think it will be a really exciting game, and I don't think the Dolphins will embarrass themselves at all. No. I, I think, if anything, they'll gain more admirers, and I think I just love the fact that we're talking about this game as a top-of-the-table clash, mm. which is not – no one would have predicted that at the start of the season. And, so. the, and the way the Broncos finished mm. uh, that game as well against the Dragons, they've been electrifying. They've been really entertaining to watch. Mm. Um, how many do they win by? Uh, I'm going to go about 10 to 12. Yep. I, I think at least two tries. Yep. Uh, I, I can't see them getting blown out by like 20 points, something like that, uh, but I think it will be a high-scoring game. Yeah, I think the Dolphins play – very well, but I think the Broncos get the win. Two games coming up tomorrow, then three on Sunday. The two games tomorrow, Cowboys up against the Titans. Now, the Titans, as we mentioned, had a good win, although they still conceded 34 points against the Melbourne Storm. And the North Queensland Cowboys, I think they've been very poor to start this season. They're back at home. Do you think that'll be enough to see them get the win over the Gold Coast Titans? You'd think so, but I mean, they're at home last week against the Warriors, True. who I think a lot of people realize now that they're a lot better than what many people mm. expected them to be. I'm going the Cowboys, but I'll say this. They will not be winning the grand final this year. I, I can rule them out right now. I just, I think, um, I think last year was their year of overachieving. And I think this is, I, th- I think they're kind of leveling back. I still think they'll make finals. Yep. I still think they'll be, you know, around that fifth, sixth area, but I, I just don't see them winning based on, how they're performing at the moment. It is granted it's a long season, but I think, I don't know, losing at home to the Warriors where you've been so dominant at home, cracks starting to emerge. I will say the Titans also a lot better mm. than uh, what people expected, but I just think that, yeah, they conceded 34 points last week. You're not going to be winning a lot of games if you concede that many points. So I'm going to go the Cowboys. Yeah, I think the Cowboys have been very disappointing. Take out that first half against Canberra in round one. I think they've been really disappointing. I think, though, they might be up for a big performance against the Gold Coast Titans tomorrow night. Uh, bad news for the Titans throughout the week. Sam Verrill's out for an extended period of time as well. I think the Cowboys will get them. Uh, 7.30 tomorrow night, the South Sydney Rabbitohs up against the Manly Sea Eagles. Manly have been in very good form uh, to start the season. Souths, well, have only won one game, their first one. Uh, they led 10-0 early on against the Roosters, and then the Roosters really controlled that last 60 minutes of the game last week. It's an important game for South Sydney because people are just thinking, uh, where are they in terms of the real contenders very early on to start the season? And Manly, they're flying. This should be a really good game. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go South uh, for two reasons. One, I think the the effect of uh, John Sattler passing away early yep. in the week, I, I think that will really spur the team on. Uh, they're wearing that um, one-off special mm. jersey, which I love, that that half rabbito. Mm-hmm. Uh which is which is good, and I just think the Seagulls defensively were really poor against the Eels. Mm. 
Um, and I'm just wondering maybe if that that could repeat itself uh, this week again because, yeah, I, they were so good in round one, but it was also against a Bulldogs team that weren't really firing and then against an Eels team that have been in all their games uh, this season. Mm. Um, so I think South's win. It'll be, it'll, it'll be a close game. It'll be a good game. But I, I think South's need to spurred on by the passing of John Sattler, I, I think will put in a performance that he'll be proud of. I, uh, it's a hard one. I'm leaning towards Manly. I, I take what you said about mm. their defence the other week against Parramatta. But, uh, yeah, I, I just think Manly is showing some good signs this year. I think it'll be very, very close. Yeah, I, I think this is a 50-50 game. Mm. I, I think I, I can see a world in which Manly win as well. Um, but I just think my go with my heart, and my heart's telling me South Sydney. All right, South Sydney for you. Wouldn't surprise me, as you say, if they mm. live for that, uh, uh, for John Sattler. Um, of course, our thoughts still uh, with Scott Sattler and the rest of the family. Three games on Sunday. The New Zealand Warriors taking on the Bulldogs. The Warriors, you mentioned it before, were very good against the Cowboys last weekend. The Bulldogs... They probably could have won by more and probably should have won by more against the West Tigers at Belmore Oval. They fly to New Zealand. This is a really intriguing game as well to kick off the Sunday, three games on Sunday. Yeah, th- this game really intrigues me. Uh, I'm really not sure who to tip. I I wrestled. I When I was putting in my tips, I went, oh, I'll go the Bulldogs. Oh, actually, change the Warriors, mm. change the Bulldogs. I landed on the Warriors. Warriors. I, I, I think because they are at home, I think that's a big determining factor for me. Again, though, I wouldn't be surprised if the Bulldogs put in a really good performance. I think in every team sort of life cycle, especially when they've been on the bottom of the ladder, they're starting to rise up. Mm. They have those really famous wins, I guess, in their rise. Mm. I think for the Bulldogs, that was the storm. I think this game could be that as well, albeit mm. it's against a Warriors team that haven't done much in the past. I think we can all agree that they're a better team this season. And to beat the Warriors in New Zealand mm. with, a, with a young team on the rise like the Bulldogs, I think that would be an amazing achievement. Wouldn't surprise me if that happened. But I'm on the Warriors just because they're at home. Yeah, I think this is an important game for the Warriors because everyone's been talking about their performance against uh, the Cowboys last weekend, which was good. They now need to back that up at home. We have seen good performances from the Warriors for many years. Yes, they've made two grand finals. But usually they have a good performance and then they back it up with a poor performance, especially being at home against the Bulldogs side who's flown to New Zealand um, and played in very hot weather last week at Belmore Oval. Yeah, I'm going to go the Warriors, but I'm not convinced on no. that tip. Usually when I tip the Warriors, they lose. So let's see <laughs> what happens there. Uh, 4.05 p.m. on Sunday, Newcastle taking on the Canberra Raiders. Newcastle, of course, lost to the Dolphins last weekend. The Canberra Raiders got their first victory of the year against the Cronulla Sharks. Newcastle back at home for the second week in a row. Are you tipping your Knights? I'm not because this is what's going to happen. We have this really strange knack against Canberra where we – blow out to a really early first half lead like, yep. and then somehow find a way to lose. Mm. So what I'm predicting is that we'll be 22-0 up at halftime yep. and lose 24-22. 20, I'll write um, that down. Yeah, because okay. I, I don't know what it is against the Raiders. I remember um, uh, over the summer they were playing the 150 greatest games mm. um, on, on Fox League and every time a Raiders-Newcastle game came up, that's exactly what happened. We'd get out to a really early lead and then slowly, slowly the Raiders would come back and kick a field goal or kick a penalty goal in the last few minutes or or what have you. I'm predicting that as well. I will say, though, the Knights are playing far better than a lot of people are giving them credit for. Mm. I, I think we have so many injuries on the park. We had three debutants last week, mm. and we, I think, have been in the contest for every single game. With 10 minutes to go, we're only a try down. Mm. Um, but I think we just 
ran out of legs, really. Uh, I, th- I don't think the score reflected the game last week against the Dolphins. Look, I want the Knights to win desperately, but I think the Raiders will win. It's an important game for the Knights because it's a winnable game. Winnable game, that's correct. And the Raiders were pretty good last weekend, but I'm still not convinced on them uh, throughout the season. I bet I'm going to tip them, though. I just yeah. uh, I can't see And that's fair enough, too, Dan. Getting up. Thank you. And the final game of the round, Dragons up against the Sharks. A lot of pressure on Anthony Griffin after he was told he will have to reapply for his job. Nico Hines back for the Cronulla Sharks, who also have been fairly disappointing to start the season. And, look, I didn't think the Dragons were that bad against the Broncos. They are in it up with up until about 10 minutes to go. But I think the Sharks get them on Sunday night out at Cogra. See, I... I I don't know. This is again with the Bulls Warriors. I was really mm. wrestling with this one because mm. I think Nico Hines is a massive in, but I don't think he fixes the problems with the Sharks at the moment, which is their um, their defensive mm. end. They were such a defensive stronghold last season, and they just have not been that same side since. So, look, Nico Hines probably adds ten points to their score, but what does that say about their their defense as well? So. The Dragons. Well, I mean. Just a basket case of the club, really. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they've, they've now just put the the Grim Reaper over Anthony Griffin's head for the rest of the season. Mm. This early. We're not even a mu- like a month into the so season. So much pressure now. Yeah. And so you've got to look at who's got the bigger issues at mm. the club. And I think the Dragons. And I think for that reason, I'm going to go the Sharks. But again, not confident at all. Charlie, great stuff as always. We'll see how many of those tips we both get right. And we'll chat again next Friday. Thank you very much. Charlie Goodsir with our NRL preview. Thoughts on all of that? 0457 736 736. Your thoughts on the game last night as well? Parramatta fans, you happy? Mitch Moses staying until the end of 2028. And what are you looking forward to most on this weekend of sport? 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 1170. Going to talk a bit of cricket in just a second with Andrew Mensal. Just before that, here's a text and keeping them coming in. There's a few there. I'll get to them over the course of the next half an hour. Your thoughts on last night's match, your predictions for the weekend. What are you most looking forward to? Parramatta fans, you happy? Mitchell Moses is still there. Uh, this one, hello, young Daniel. I watched the Eels game last night, and what I took out of it is never back the Panthers on a wet track. Um, didn't win, and now have to sell one of my Bentleys to cover the bed. Alan Belford-Jones. Sympathy with you, mate. Uh, yes, uh, Penrith, not too good on the wet track. Another text about that uh, we'll get to shortly. 0457 736 736, but don't want to leave this man waiting any longer. Now on Tradies News, let's get the latest in cricket. Friday morning, this is Tradies News in a nutshell. And yes, it is time to talk cricket with Andrew Mensel Menas from the Cricket Unfiltered podcast. Morning to you, Menas. Yeah, good morning, Dan. This Indian tour has really turned around for me. I'm not, not so much worried about the, the performances on the field, but after two test matches, mm. I was in a, in a deep depression. <laughs> but the Steve Smith-led Aussie side has turned it around. They come away with a one-day series win. So uh, all in all, um, a, a little bit better than maybe my F from last week. Well, it is funny you say that because I said on the show yesterday, men, is that after the second test, uh, it looked like it could easily be 4-0 to India and everyone's confidence level on the Australian cricket team was at an all-time low. And then obviously they won the third test. The fourth test was a draw. And yes, admittedly, there's some different players in the one-day team to the test squad. But to be able to then win the one-day series, it's... It's turned around the second half minutes of the tour 
definitely a lot better than the first half. Yeah, I mean, since Steve Smith took over, he's he's got three wins and India just one. So he's been a bit of a lucky charm for the Aussies. I do think it does highlight the poor preparation Australia had going into the tour. Mm. A lot of... um, you know, experts said that Australia were just going there undercooked, even even not playing a practice game. And I, I think you can say that that has maybe uh, played out, that as Australia got used to the conditions that, and adapted to, to the weather and the heat and the humidity, then they were able to perform better. And uh, look, I think Steve Smith done a great job tactically, but I think it also... Um, there's no coincidence that, you know, two weeks in, the Aussies were a lot better than when they just jumped off the plane. Yeah, 100%. Does Bat Cummins still come back as captain, you reckon, for the well, for the World Test Championship, then the Ashes? Oh, I, I think uh, if you asked anybody, they would say that he will be back as Test Skipper for the World Test Championship and the Ashes. I know there's been some speculation about, you know, Smith being better tactically, and I do agree with that, but I don't think they will drop him. I think there is a much more legitimate conversation though around Pat Cummins being the 50 over skipper for the 50 over World Cup in uh, October, November this year. We saw Australia play so well against India. Mitchell Stark is clearly our best white ball bowler and then you've got Sean Abbott, Nathan Ellis who excelled uh, in 50 over cricket. Then you've got the spinners that you need in the Indian condition. So the squeeze is on for Pat Cummins in the 50 over side. And I actually think there's a there's a real chance they might have to make a change for stability and make Steve Smith captain for that World Cup. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting one. Um, how? Oh no, it's a long way away. But how would the confidence levels be for this Australian one-day team heading into that World Cup, especially on the back of this series win against India? Oh, I think the confidence levels will be sky high. I mean, that was a significant win to be, uh, you know, one nil down in the series. And actually, if you look at that first one-day international, Australia took a bit of a pasting, and you could think from there that India on home turf will run away with the series. But after that win and the way the team is looking, there's a lot of competition for spots. You know, Mitch Marsh's emergence at the top of the order, Travis Head opening the batting has been a revelation. Then you've got all the all-rounders, Stoinis, Maxwell, Green. Their confidence levels will be sky high. And, as, mm. you know, don't forget, Australia has won 550-over World Cups. It is our, it is our tournament, you know. We, we didn't, haven't won since 2015 at home. That's a, a long gap for Australian fans. So, yeah, I, I think Australia go into the 50-over the World Cup, you know, definitely one of the favourite teams now after that performance. Uh, but, you know, I do, I do question the selectors when they rushed to appoint Pat Cummins as 50-over skipper. I think it was a mistake. I just don't know why you wouldn't pick a top-order batter who has their spot in the side locked down and not put this pr- pressure on the selectors. You know, we saw in the Indian Test Tour that, you know, they picked Cummins because he's the skipper. And Stark didn't play in that second test. So, it's, it's, you know, it's come back to bite us in the past. 
Yeah, maybe one to watch over the next coming months. We'll have to wait and see now. With the end of the Indian Tour, I know we've got the Sheffield Shield final going on at the moment, but that sort of marks the end of the Australian summer of cricket. So there's a couple of months break before they head overseas. So players uh, well, will be heading back or are back in Australia now, and I suppose they just have a little break, Menace. Is that right, before they head overseas for the World Test Championship, then the Ashes? Yeah, that's right. So uh, you speak about it being the end of summer. And, you know, one thing I wanted to raise with you, Dan, was mm. that the New South Wales Sheffield Shield side did not win a match all summer. Mm, yes. The first time that's happened since, I think, the, the 1930s, Dan. It's a long time. Um, you know, that's even before Vossie and Brandy's time. So, <laughs> just, um, yep. Just. So, <laughs> you know, they had an all-time uh, flop of the season. So the end of the season can't come quick enough for New South Wales. And I think there'll be massive changes in the, the blue setup. I think you'll see uh, a huge clean out of the contracts and we'll see a lot, a lot of younger players given a go that haven't been um, given many appearances in the past. So, and this is really important for Australian cricket because when the New South Wales cricket team is strong, the Australian team is strong. Now, people will say, oh, we've got a lot of our best players from New South Wales in the Aussie team. That's right, but Warner, Smith, Cummins, Stark, Hazelwood line are not going to be around forever. And there's no one in the New South Wales side knocking on the door for test selection. So, you know, that's very concerning. So I think New South Wales will be happy for the break. Uh, a lot of the players are coming back and having a rest. Some are staying in India for the IPL um, and playing over there. And I see you know, a few players have signed up to play in Major League Cricket in the yeah. USA. So it's going to be a little quiet for the next month or so, but then pretty quickly um, you'll see the Aussies get back into action. Yeah, not long really until uh, they head overseas. Uh, Menas, of course, a little quiet on the greeting front, as you say, over the next month or so, but your podcast with Paul and Jaleesa will still be going strong. Yeah, Paul uh, and Jaleesa and I recorded a great show last night, so you can go and find that. We'll be powering through the winter. I mean, cricket never stops. World Test Championship, then into the Ashes, Basball versus Ron Ball, then Australia going for their 650 over World Cup. Uh, I'm excited. And I'm fairly sure Jaleesa has, I don't know if she said this on air or off air, but it's going to one of the Ashes Test matches or a day of. So I'm hoping that you will get her on the line during the Ashes uh, to do an exclusive report for your show. Absolutely. She is going to one of the tests and she said it on air, so it is public information. That's and I have, um, although she's, you know, applied to leave for her sort of full-time employers, I've told her leave's not granted during the ashes <laughs> from the podcast. So she has to report. Well, um, so I'll be getting her on the phone. Well, maybe we can try and get her on the phone too, but we'll definitely get you on the phone. Uh, men is great stuff. We'll chat over the next couple of months. I'm sure there'll still be a lot of cricketing stories. And then definitely once the ashes get underway and the World Test Championship, we'll be having some regular chats. Looking forward to it, mate. Thanks, Dan. Andrew Mentzel from the Cricket Unfiltered podcast talking all things cricket. Vossi and Brandy not too far away with breakfast. I have a lot to say on last night's win by Parramatta. Text here from the Kingswood Welder. Good morning, Nutshell Down and Ch TGIF. Yes, happy Friday to you. Uh, as early morning worker, I didn't get to watch the Panthers last night, but can you tell me, did Brad Arthur use the whole bench that from the Kingswood Welder? He has been criticised a bit in recent times. Yes, he did. Um, in fact, Bruden Hands uh, on debut scored 
a try. He played 34 minutes, and that was set up by Matt Dury, another bench player who played 20 minutes. But, yes, he did use all of his bench uh, yesterday. Uh, the least amount played was 14 minutes off the bench. So, uh, yeah, all of the bench used by Parramatta in their 17-16 win. If you went out there last night, amazing game. 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 1170. Just before we talk to John Gallo and all things football, of course, very sad news throughout the course of the week with the passing of John Sattler. Uh, so tomorrow night at that South's Manly game, a minute of applause will be included among a string of emotionally charged tributes for South Sydney legend John Sattler. Uh, so we know uh, John Sattler's wife, Barbara, and son, former NRL star, and of course, uh, colleague here at SEN, Scott Sattler, will be part of the tributes that will unfold before, during, and after the Rabbitohs clash with Manly tomorrow night. The Rabbitohs will wear a John Sattler tribute jersey throughout the match, which features the torn rabbit logo as worn by Sattler in the 1970 grand final, a game that has gone down in rugby league history. Uh, the jersey is a replica of the 1970 jersey. Uh, on each of the players' chests will be a tribute to Sattler, including his Rabbitohs first grade player number 515. And they'll also wear black armbands throughout the game. And the Sattler family will be joined by Rabbitohs officials, informing a guard of honour as the current teams take to the field and a minute silence. A minute silence will be observed before kickoff. So we'll be very emotional out there tomorrow night at our core stadium with that game between South Sydney and of course Manly. It is 19 minutes to 6, 19 minutes to 5. Time to talk a little bit of football. Now on Tradies News, it's time for the latest in football. John Gallo on the line as he is each and every Friday. Morning to you, John. Morning to you, Dan. Happy Friday. Yes, happy Friday to you too. Now, there's no EPL this weekend, so we're going to get your predictions on the EPL. It's going to be like a really, really short road to the World Cup we did uh, last year, which seemed to go on for about 45 years. Just before that, though, yeah. uh, speaking of the World Cup, first time we're going to see the Socceroos in action uh, since their wonderful heroics of the World Cup. They're playing tonight, actually, at Combank Stadium, where that game between the Eels and the Panthers were played was played last night against Ecuador. Uh, obviously, just a, a friendly, but we're great to see the Socceroos back on Australian soil after what they did in the World Cup last year. Yeah, so once they remove all the remaining Parramatta Eels fans from the stadium, they're probably still <laughs> celebrating the victory from last night. Uh, we can go see a wonderful friendly game between Australia and Ecuador. And it'll be great to see the Socceroos obviously in action uh, since last time I saw them play was in the World Cup. And at that stage, they did a fantastic effort. It was a brilliant World Cup. Seems ages ago now, but it wasn't mm. that far away. Tell me. Um, and that was a time that Graham Arnold was awarded the uh, the best manager of the World Cup, according to the French newsletter, uh, El Equipe. Uh, so um, we might see one. the best manager in the World Cup take part tonight, Dan. And... Uh, against Ecuador. We haven't faced Ecuador all that much. There isn't a lot of history between two teams, so we don't know a lot about Ecuador, and Ecuador don't know a lot about us. Um, they're a decent team in South America. They do quite well. Obviously, it's very difficult for them, and they've got the two heavyweights over there in Brazil and Argentina fighting it out in the same uh, same region of the world. But, uh, yeah, I mean, last time we played, I think it was back in 2014, and it was a, a fantastic game for memory. It was 4-3 to Ecuador after Australia led three goals to nil at half time and we also had a player sent off so it was quite an eventful game that one back in 2014 so looking forward to it and that should be wonderful to have international football back on our screens again so 
fantastic yeah. stuff. Yeah, so the Socceroos playing uh, tonight, as I say, at 8pm, and then they travel down to Melbourne and play on Tuesday night at Marvel Stadium. So that will be uh, good to see if you're heading out there tonight. Do enjoy that. Now, uh, international break. There's a lot of other international football happening across uh, the weekend, which we might wrap up on Tuesday morning when we speak, John. But let's just take a look at the Premier League because we're in this really intriguing stage, aren't we? We've got this weekend off and then really on the run home uh, towards the end of the season. And, of course, we had the break for the World Cup, the first time uh, that's happened. Uh, I just want a couple of predictions from you, and you were very good with your World Cup predictions. I say that because I have absolutely no idea what you did predict because I can't remember, but let's just say you were. Um, so let's have a look at the relegation the relegation zone. Uh, I got one half right, Dan. I got one half right. I think I tipped France and Brazil. Yes. I got France right, but then, yeah, obviously Argentina on the World Cup. So came, there you go. Came close with, you came very close with uh, France. Yeah. Now, relegation zone. We're at currently... Two to three teams in there, obviously. West Ham, Bournemouth and Southampton. So West Ham and Bournemouth on 24 points. Southampton are on 23 points. But then this is quite unbelievable. Out of the relegation zone, it's really up until 12th position when there's going to be some issues for some teams. So Leicester City are on 25. Nottingham Forest on 26, as are Everton and Leeds United. Wolves on 27. And Crystal Palace were 12th on 27. John, very quickly, here is your predictions. West Ham, Bournemouth, Southampton, do any of them leave the relegation zone? And do any of those other teams that I mentioned come into the relegation zone? Yeah, I think two out of the three sides, Dan, I'm going to say Southampton, bottom place, Southampton, and second last position, Bournemouth. I think those two sides are going to be waving goodbye. They're gone. Come end of season. They're gone. Gone. And last, the third. Mm. You there? Okay, we seem to have just lost uh, John Gallo. We'll get him back in a second uh, because, uh, yeah, very interesting. So he thinks Southampton and Bournemouth are gone. Uh, I don't think he'll be very. I don't think people are going to be very happy to hear about uh, that. So Southampton and Bournemouth gone. West Ham uh, there as well. Um, and yeah, the Socceroos in action tonight. Uh, just while we wait to get John back. On to the show. Uh, Here is a text message. Um, This from James. Could you say that Penrith are no good in the wet and slippery conditions? St. Helens, Brisbane and Parramatta. uh, Wet loss. Well, yeah, true. I still think they could win in wet conditions. What we'll do is we'll try and take a break and we will get John back on the line. It is 14 minutes to 6 o'clock. Uh, a text message, did John fall in the harbour? Uh, no, he didn't. Just a couple of technical issues. John is back. Uh, John, uh, we've got a few minutes to squeeze this in before breakfast with Vossie and Brandy. So you think Bournemouth, Southampton are in the relegation zone. Who will join them? Yes, before I got taken out by a Leicester fan, <laughs> I did say Leicester City would Ooh. be the, the third and final team to join both Bournemouth and Southampton being relegated. So there you go, Dan. That was my wonderful prediction before the, an alien came down. Yeah, so there you go. So Leicester City, of course, famously won the title, what, eight, nine years ago, and you think they'll be relegated. And Leeds United and Crystal Palace and the likes of those teams will be safe. So uh, let me write that down. Southampton Bournemouth, Leicester City gone from John. And then at the top of the table, Arsenal lead the way on 69. Man City are second on 61. Fair gap then, Man United 50. Tottenham 49. Then just outside of the top four is Newcastle on 47. And then you've got Liverpool, Brighton, Brentford on 42. 
And I suppose you can throw Fulham and Chelsea into it as well in 39 and 38 points each. Any of those top four, Arsenal, Man City, Man United, Tottenham, slip out? And if so, who goes into that top four? So top four, I think Arsenal, Man City, Man United, I think safe to say we'll finish inside the top four. Fourth spot, Tottenham. Now this is where it gets a little interesting. Mm. I think with all the disruption around with Conte, will he stay? Is he going? Is Daniel Levy on on board with with Conte? Is he not? Are the board on board with Conte? Are they not? Harry Kane, is he going to stay? Will he go? All this disruption in the background. I just can't see Tottenham being there with 10 games to go, being in the full spot. And I actually think Liverpool are going to struggle too to be in the full this season. They haven't been impressive, Liverpool, all season long. They've been struggling along and the, uh, the problems keep getting worse and worse for Liverpool, it seems, at times. I'm going to go out on a limb and say Newcastle United Ooh. will finish in full spot. Eddie Howe's done really, really well this season. And I think roughly about 60 70% of the season already, Newcastle were in the top four after their brilliant start to the season. Um, so I know they've drifted away in the last month with a few losses and draws here and there, but I think they'll pick things back up. The back-to-back wins. And you've got to remember for Liverpool, their next three games, they've got both, well, they've got Fulham, and then they've got Man City, Chelsea, and Arsenal. So I think in the next four weeks, I think Liverpool's top four chances will fall away. So I think Newcastle United will round out the fourth spot. And Ars- just very quickly, Arsenal win the whole thing? I think Arsenal win the whole thing. I think City and Liverpool will be a great game. I think it'll be a draw. And I think Arsenal will kick on for the rest of the season. I think the gap will be too big between Arsenal and City as it winds down to the end of the season. Great stuff, John. You did not miss a beat there as you are a pro, so we expected uh, nothing less of you. Any plans for the weekend? Well, once I send off these uh, these aliens that tried to take me about five minutes ago, <laughs> I will uh, I will resort back to going just to catch up with uh, with the wonderful Dan Pettigrew tonight, Dan. So uh, I'll do that and uh, I'll catch up and uh, yeah, not yourself. It'll be a, a doppelganger of yourself, Dan. It'll be a, an actual copy of you that yes. I'll be hanging out with. Exactly, so, yeah. exactly, exactly. Cardboard cutout. Uh, thank you, John. Uh, we will catch up later on and we'll chat uh, Tuesday and we'll wrap up some of those international fixtures that are taking place across the weekend, which I know you'll be keeping a keen eye on. So thank you, John. We'll chat soon. All right, mate. Take care. Bye-bye. Have a good day, John Gallo. Uh, they're talking all things football. Uh, text here, does Andrew, as in Andrew Mensel, still have his dog? Have not heard it bark during his cricket se- segment for some weeks. Regards, Lassie. Uh, I didn't ask him that. I'll find out for you. I'll find out. And uh, Razar says, uh, put the rest coming off the bye. Uh, put to rest coming off the bye. Well, yes. Uh, Parramatta played Penrith off the bye. Won that one. Lost Manly uh, last week. They've got the Roosters coming off the bye next week as well. Um, and I didn't see, I saw your other bit of the text, Razor. I didn't actually see that incident, um, but uh, we'll see if anything does come out of it. AFL uh, last night, by the way, Carlton, surprise win over Geelong. Uh, so Carlton drew their first match last week, as we know. Uh, they get a win over the reigning Premiers, who have now lost two in a row. Carlton 13 12 90. Over Geelong, 12-10-82. So, good win uh, for Carlton. Uh, the Sydney Swans are in action against Hawthorne on Sunday. Gold Coast in action against Essendon on Sunday. GWS Giants against West Coast also on Sunday. And Brisbane are in action tonight against the Melbourne Demons at 8 p.m. Uh, 
really close to where the Dolphins-Broncos uh, game is going to be happening, which is sold out at Suncorp Stadium. Can't wait for that. Speaking of that, on breakfast with Vossie and Brandy, Kevin Walters, the Broncos coach, will join uh, the boys. Andy Harper to talk all things football and David Riccio with all the latest NRL headlines. Thanks for your company today. This week, I'll be back with you Monday morning from 5 a.m. with no EPL. Looking forward to talking all things sport then. Have a great weekend. Breakfast with Vossi and Brandy, who is back, is up right after the news at 6.